on the Crosstalk on WIZM because it's Valentine's week. We're going to talk about your heart, your health, and what makes uh, what makes a good heart healthy person or maybe couple from the Cleveland Clinic. Our guest this morning uh, is Dr. Jealous, who's going to, I don't know, we're we going to talk about couples live longer than single people. Uh, Dr. Christine Jealous, who's a PhD Hi, staff Mike. cardiologist. Good morning. Happy Valentine's week. You too. Thanks for having me on board. Uh, I, I, I think this Valentine's week, it's very appropriate to talk about relationship and partnerships and the effect on heart health, although I can't guarantee that that's going to make our relationships last longer, but I think we can certainly give the the listeners some tips about what they can do for their healthy hearts. Well, and I appreciate that. Uh, a couple in love is generally speaking healthier than than individuals who aren't or a couple who's not in love. Is that correct? Is that accurate? Well, Well, there's some good data to suggest that perhaps those who are in established relationships are more motivated to take better care of themselves and their hearts. I guess with the idea that they'll live for longer, they'll be able to support their families and friends, um, and hopefully uh, be around to to share all those good times together as they get older. Is that one of those Papa Bear things guys uh, grew up knowing that they have to take care of their family, so they have to take care of themselves to be able to do that? Look, I think that's part of it. And certainly our data suggested that men were certainly more motivated uh, to look after themselves when they were in a relationship. And if I, I wonder if that's because women are motivated by other people in their lives a little bit more. So perhaps women are more likely to be motivated by children that they're caring for or elderly parents that they're caring for. So they sort of spread the motivation around, if you like, whereas the men are more motivated by that one special person in their lives. And I don't think that necessarily has to be a spouse. I think it can be anyone in a committed relationship, whereas uh, whether that's a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship or whether it's having a, a pet or someone that someone or something that you care about that is going to make you get up off the couch, do a bit of exercise, eat well, lower your cholesterol, and really look after your uh, health and your heart in particular so that you're around to support that person or pet or whoever it might be in the longer term. Sometimes that individual can be a bad influence, though, can't they? You know, my parents fall into that category. My dad never wanted to go to the doctor because I know what he's going to tell me. I got to quit. I got to stop drinking. I got to lose some weight. I don't want to hear any of that. So I'm not going. Uh, well, and my mom ragged on him right. all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we hear about all these positive and negative influences in our lives. And I think we can have a real positive uh, effect on people and their habits. But likewise, we can have a negative impact. And the couples that are perhaps sitting on the couch eating a pizza and watching Netflix are badly influencing each other. And what we want to do is shift behaviors so that perhaps couples are preparing a healthy meal together, spending some quality time together, having dinner and then going out and doing something active, perhaps going dancing or doing an exercise class or something like that where uh, in this day and age we're so time poor and we want to be efficient with what we do. So maybe combining exercise with quality time together is going to strengthen our relationships. But you've got to figure out a different way to, uh, to get people active than saying these couples need to exercise more. Because exercise is a bad word. Going dancing, that's not a bad thing. Going for a walk, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But going to the gym with your spouse, 
so that you'll lose some weight and live longer, I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that's the kind of motivation a lot of people will listen to. <laughs> I think you're right. It's all about in the messaging, isn't it? So dancing sounds so much more fun than dragging yourself to a, a class at the gym. Well, for me anyway, for some sure. people who are gym junkies, I'm sure that's what they would want to do. Uh, but I think the key is to really individualize this. Find something that you can share with your partner or your friend or whoever your loved one may be uh, and be their cheerleader and they'll be yours and be in their corner uh, calling them out when they're doing something wrong or encouraging them when they're doing something right. And I think when people start seeing the effects, they see that they're feeling a little bit uh, more energetic or they find that their pants don't feel quite so tight anymore. <laughs> that positive reinforcement, uh, particularly when they've got someone cheering them on, is really a great motivator to keep moving in the right direction. Can it be done subtly? You know, I, I don't want to sneak up on my partner and then then have them realize, hey, we don't have any potato chips anymore. It's all these kale chips and all this, all, you know, you have to kind <laughs> well, of that's right. commit together. We don't want to do anything to jeopardize the relationship either, do we? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, so I suppose that's part of the relationship. If you're in a committed relationship, you got to talk about it. And what are you going to do so that you both live happily ever after for a long yeah, time? And I think transparency is the key, maybe setting goals. Um, so I know my husband and I, we had a goal. He was going to cut down on his alcohol. I was going to cut down on carbohydrates, and we motivated each other to do that. And it's not always successful. I think it's everything in moderation, and having a few cheat days here and there is okay. But do that as a reward and do that together. So you, you earn those rewards by working hard and really setting yourself up so that as we all get older, we want to be here for as many years as we can. And there's really a lot we can do um, when we're earlier on in life to set ourselves up to be successful in the future. And by that, I'm meaning things like uh, maintaining a lean weight, exercising, reducing blood pressure, avoiding diabetes, of course, not smoking, um, all those things that we can really do now that hopefully will make us live long, happy, healthy lives. So when we all retire, we've actually got um, plenty of energy and good health that we can enjoy. All right. I got to talk about the downside. We've only got a minute here, but uh, is there a connection between heartbreak and heart disease? Can you really die of a broken heart? It's a great question. And look, there's so many Hollywood blockbusters that have been made with that theme. You would assume that it's true, but it is more a myth than anything else. There is one syndrome called Takotsubo cardiomyopathy where stress can impact on the heart, but that's very, very rare. And typically, a relationship breakdown will not cause a broken heart. I would emphasize, though, sometimes the stress of a relationship breakdown can unmask other conditions. So if people start developing chest pain, shortness of breath, or they're otherwise concerned, of course, they should call the ambulance or, or see their, their uh, medical practitioner. Uh, but I think that myth of a broken heart is, is something that, thankfully, we don't have to deal with. Well, and that's good news. Uh, uh, Dr. Christine Jealous, where can we go for more information? Absolutely. So if you jump online, go to clevelandclinic.org slash loveyourheart. There's plenty of information and some additional links that your listeners will enjoy, I'm sure. Super. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on the Crosstalk on Valentine's Week.